Blog Talk Radio. This is Connie Mettler of ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists, and I'm publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, the place to find the nation's best art fairs. We have a great topic today, creating a memorable experience. In our art fair business, we tend to focus on issues involving the relationship between art fair organizers and artists, but what often gets ignored is finding ways to improve the relationship of artists and organizers with that most important component of the art fair business, the show's relationship with the buyers. So there is a tripod of interests here. Artists, show producers, and art fair patrons. If we make the third group, the buyers, happy, then it will follow that the artists and organizers will be happy too. Long gone are the days when an art fair was a unique event on everyone's calendar to attend. With the proliferation of events, the buyers are pickier, or worst of all, they don't even attend. My guests today are going to share their best tips for building a memorable experience for their patrons. Jenny Wright is a former volunteer of the Woodlands Waterway Art Festival in Texas and veteran of the hospitality industry. She joined the Woodlands Waterway Arts Council as special director six years ago. She's a lover of art, people, and free things. The Woodlands Waterway Arts Festival is held on the second weekend of April. It's a juried fine arts and fine crafts festival, a showcase for performing arts, and a celebration of their community. They sprinkle in a little bit of gourmet food, wine, and craft beer, and voila, an experience people come back for year after year. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you, Connie. I'm excited to be here. I look forward to hearing how you make these people come back year after year. My other guest is Sharon McAllister, who is Executive Director of Art Fest Fort Myers, Southwest Florida's premier art festival. As a community leader and founding director of an award-winning festival, It is Sharon's goal to create a successful selling experience for artists and enhance her community's quality of life through the arts and the economic development they support. An avid collector herself, Sharon loves to talk with artists about creating greater sales and markets for their artwork. Welcome, Sharon. Hi, Connie. Nice to be with you. I think, you guys, it's great to have both of you. If you could just both speak up a little bit I don't know if it's my speakers or what, but if I can just hear you a little better. Okay, we're just going to get right off right off the bat. So here we go. Um, both of you, um, you're both nonprofit organizations. Is that, is that correct, Jenny? Yes. Yes, ma'am. And how about yours, Sharon? Yes, we are. We're not for profit. Okay, you're nonprofits. Um, Jenny, how large is your full time staff? Uh, We do not have full-time staff. We are all contractors, and I would say that um, we have three of us that are running, me running the festival, another lady running our outreach outreach programs, and then we have a development director, and uh, part-time, full-time, in spirit. (laughs) It's something that's always on your agenda, right? Absolutely. Okay. And during the week of the event, um, do you hire in more people, or how do you make the event run? Yes, we have um, about um, eight other people that come in, and that includes our graphic artist that works on and off during the year and our webmaster. And uh, then, of course, I have a team of 40 volunteers that help me run the festival, um, and then including the three to 600 volunteers that come help us actually the days of the festival. 
That's real staff. Okay, how about you, Sharon? How large is your full-time staff? Well, we, we actually have employees as opposed to uh, opposed to contractors, but that's just obviously a choice in, in how one does that. We have three full-time people, uh, me, our associate director, who handles artist relations and public relations and all back-of-house things, and then our logistics um, production manager who handles everything else besides the artist, which is you know a huge part of the event as well. Um, and then we have two, ta- two part-time people, um, both, both of them interns from a local university, and we have a professional graphic artist, webmaster, and social media um, advertising person. And how about during the week of the event? Well, we have a 45-person volunteer steering committee who oversees each of them chairs one section of the event. So they start with us um, on setup, which starts on the Monday of the event. And then um, over the weekend, we have about 350 um, what we call four-hour volunteers, weekend volunteers. So what's really interesting, and I think people, uh, especially artists, are always surprised to find out that these big events that draw hundreds of thousands of people have these little, these small staffs, and yet these big deal events get pulled off. Sharon, any what what do you uh, kind of attendance do you kind of think you have? Uh, we're a free event, so um, you know no gate. But uh, our, we're pretty accurate at eighty-five thousand over our two and a half days, um, and in our area, that's a that's a really good number. We're the largest yes. event in Southwest Florida. And, and how about how about you, Jenny? Well, we have a gate. We actually have five gates, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we've had up to eighteen thousand people in our show um, mm-hmm. attend the show. Um, it's 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 amazing to hear 85,000 people. I don't know what I would do with that many people in our <laughs> show. <laughs> That's really impressive. Um, I worked so, on yeah, an event. Yeah, I worked on an event where we had 225,000 attendants. So <gasps> I'm happy not to be doing it any longer. I have to check. Yeah. <laughs> Exhausting. So okay. So that's kind of what where we are. So all right, um, Sharon, let's go with you. Who is in charge of the marketing for your event? And I how am. do you that's, that's that part position? of it. Um, I am. My, my job description is the the uh, vision of the event, uh, the vision of the organization, the marketing of the art festival, and the and the providing of sponsor money for the festival because all things run on money. So um, that's probably the biggest part of my job is making sure we're funded. So finding so our marketing. Mm-hmm. Go on. Pardon me. Go on. I said finding the sponsors because that's you know it, it, the whole the whole the whole event runs on sponsor money. Um, I think that's one thing that that people don't recognize enough that uh, if it wasn't for the sponsors, um, it's really tough to put on an outdoor festival. And so those people are are uh, highly important to us um, because they finance everything. Um, we would obviously can't we can't make it just on artist fees. Uh, we, of course, we have to raise them about <clears throat> three or four times as high if we didn't have the sponsors, and that would be um, not not workable for artists. So, so that's my that's my job, and the marketing includes um, everything, you know, from making the plan to executing it, whether it's digital billboard, whether it's print advertising, television, radio, our social media campaigns, our websites. I mean, everything there is about marketing the event. Well, you have a wonderful Facebook presence. Um, there's always, it seems like there's always new information up there. Does it get visited pretty well? It does. We have uh, about, I just looked today, we're almost to 5,600 fans. Um, and we consistently have about a 30 to 35% delivery when we post something, which in Facebook's world is a really great number. You know, since they've gone to advertising, um, to get attention, anybody who's getting over about five percent delivery on a regular post is is doing really well. So we're uh, we're real happy with how well our Facebook works. Uh-huh. Okay, and um, so how about you, Jenny? Who who is in charge of marketing, and how do you do find that position? Well, we are a little unconventional, um, working on a dime. Basically, we we pool all our talents. Uh, uh, our dire- development director uh, has TV and a radio, some radio background, and our 
outreach director, has radio background, and I have some print media background and writing. And so we pooled all our talents, and we have a small committee of other volunteers that help us. And uh, we reach out um, through radio, TV, um, print, press releases, the newspaper, street banners, street signs, um, this past year, we ran about $871,000 worth of PR um, through us. And uh, so that's no small feat um, and no. really exciting for us uh, to get that much exposure um, in our community. And Houston, uh, just uh, 30 minutes south of us. So um, we uh, uh, are always... Uh, looking for creative ways to reach our patrons uh, through destination packages. We work really closely with our Convention and Visitors Bureau and our hotels and restaurants in the area, and um, also through ticket giveaways on the radio stations and the TV stations as well. So uh, we try to touch everything because you just don't know where people are, what people are listening to or seeing. So billboards, the social media, Facebook, Pinterest, um, Twitter, and now we're really trying to investigate um, in Instagram, uh, trying to bring on an intern to help us with that. So uh, we know how important marketing is. We need to reach the buyers, uh, and it's really uh, fascinating uh, reaching into niche marketing uh, with magazines um, in different types of neighborhoods where we know that people have money um, or are interested in you know, coming to a cultural event and uh, so we put an eye towards that as well, and I, we ca- I call that our specialty marketing and uh, uh, try to develop that every year um, because there's always that general marketing, but we really need to find the buyer, and um, so that's how we manage everything. So now are you running your event uh, twice a year now? No, just once. Okay. I know there was some talk about you doing that. Okay, so... The Woodlands is near Houston, correct? Is that- we are 35 miles north of Houston, yes. So, okay. And then, Sharon, okay, so you've got that, that – that's a big marketing area. That's a lot of population there. Sharon, so your marketing goes through what areas? Uh, everything south of Sarasota. Well, Sarasota and south, so that's about 100 miles north of us, um, south in the state for another – 50, 60 miles south of Fort Myers and then all the way to the east coast because we're on the west coast of Florida. So, you know, we find we, we pull pretty pretty good geography. Um, but but like, like Jenny, uh, a lot of our effort also goes into our visitor advertising. We work closely with our visitor and convention bureau, too, on packaging and things like that because Florida, I'm sure very much like Texas, is a winter visitor place. And mm-hmm. about forty percent of our attendees are either seasonal or visitors. They don't live here full time. So um, there's that whole category to have promote to. There's the people who live here to promote to, and then finding those pockets um, because we need to attract both things. We need to attract strong buyers, but we also need to attract a strong crowd in general because a lot of the revenue of the event comes from uh, beverage sales and things like that, and because um, it's kind of interesting that people who didn't think they were going to like an art festival, turns out they love it. So if there's other yeah. reasons for them to come, then mm-hmm. they get a- acquainted and uh, then they're they're hooked. So it's That's quite a balancing act, how to, how to do that effectively. Right. Okay. That, definitely so. Um, gosh. That was a, a lot of information, and I'm just distilling it here. Um, so the um, would you say, Sharon, in general, are, are your patrons more tourists or residents? They're more residents. Or, They're um, about 60% resident. About 60% right. resident. Or uh, second homeowners, so that kind of a situation? Well, the second homeowners would be, um, would be in, the, in the 40% that are seasonal. So it's about 60% people who live here full-time and then um, 40% who are either seasonal, seasonally living here or, or just visiting. The more it snows up north, the more visitors we have. 
Right. <laughs> okay. But Jenny, what about you? Do you have that kind of a balance of um, seasonal and no, and because we're we're mostly residential. Um, mm-hmm. I can say that fifty percent of the attendees come from the woodlands and the surrounding areas, and then the other fifty percent are coming from Houston and um, what I call the donut around us. And um, it's uh, it's exciting every year to see where our patrons are coming from. Of course, they sprinkle in from from all over the United States too. And when when, uh, visit, when residents have visitors with them, and uh, it's uh, uh, always exciting to see who's here with us. Um, but no, we're not a seasonal location. Okay, um, so you are have... moving here to live here. Oh yes, really, I know they're moving there. Um, so you sort of have different audiences for your advertising. That's kind of interesting. So um, who handles a sponsorship in for you, Jenny? Um, sponsorship and development comes through our development director, and um, she brings 25 years of experience to us. She's new and um, has just done a fabulous job. And we're very excited to have her on board because uh, the board realizes the importance of of uh, how uh, what our sponsors bring to us and the par- partnerships uh, that we have with them. Of course, the funding for you know the fu- the festival brings our um, you know, the funding for our outreach programs that we do year round. But um, uh, without her, we wouldn't uh, have what we have today. <laughs> okay, so development is certainly important. I wh- and when you said that about sponsors, appropriate sponsors is something. I did, um, last two years I've done a, a nationwide survey of art fair patrons about why they go to shows and why they don't go to shows. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest complaints that I hear is I go to art fair to find art and inappropriate sponsors or people hawking newspapers and windows are not what I want to find at an art fair. And that I've had that comment many times. And that's one of the reasons sometimes people don't go back to art fairs because of inappropriate sponsors and the way the sponsors are handled. But we still know we need them, and I'm sure you've got your ideas about how to handle them. So, But today what we really want to talk about, I know from, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, art fair tourism. I People will travel to go to art fairs. That's why my business, Art Fair Calendar, exists. It's to bring people to find the art fairs to buy the art. So, so what do we find is that high-income people, they spend on three things, homes, luxuries, and travel. We want those people who are traveling on the streets of your show. So how do we find, get those people? What do you do to fix so those people are coming to your show? What kind of what special things do you do for them, Sharon? You mean to attract those people or once they're there? Once they're there, so that they'll come back again. This is supposed to be, but let's make a memorable experience. They're excited, right. word of mouth, they spread the word. So I think the most important thing, and part of this is going to go back to what you just said about sponsors, appropriate sponsors. When I use the word sponsors, it, has, it, it, it to me is always appropriate. I think sometimes people, some events do um, commercial vendors. And then you get the folks selling windows and things like that. For us, we would never do that. That is an inappropriate sponsorship. So we, we all and all of our sponsors have to have art activities related to them. Um, they can't be there unless they are participating in some way in the art festival. So um, and so that's one of the things we we won't allow a, a commercial type atmosphere because it, it interferes with them coming back to the art festival. But then I'm going to stop you right there because you just said something really important. What do your sponsors have to do? They have to have art activities. So, yeah, for, example, for example, Publix, which is a huge supermarket chain in the southeast United States, um, is the sponsor of our, of our kids' area. Our kids' area is all art activities. We have no bounce houses and stuff like that. We have art activities uh, for our kids and lots of experiences for them. Publix is a sponsor of that. Their tent is full of art activities. I mean, it's not a grocery thing. It's a it's an art activity. Florida Blue is insurance here. Um, their entire tent was about learning how to paint and, and uh, uh, how to do artistic things. So we won't do a sponsor that is not that 
way. And they actually are much more successful when they do that than when they're acting like a trade show. So well, it's, um, it's no different than when you, you know, have an artist. They need to be in interacting with the audience. Um, right. Right. Um, we have the same thing. We have uh, our, an art. We call it artopoly, and our sponsors are mainly in this area. And, and part of being in that area is uh, they're required to do or participate in some sort of art activity. Um, and mm-hmm. we do have a, a window vendor, <laughs> and they um, actually were uh, using paint on the windows uh, with the kids. And um, we're not we're not going to say no to money, <laughs> um, especially when they're but interested. But that makes them that makes them much more effective. I think that makes them that makes the sponsor much more memorable because now people exactly. say, "Oh yeah, I did that fun activity with, right. the, with the windows." Right? Who was that window person? And they remember that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the real key to sponsors. That they've got to be related to the event, and if not, it, it deteriorates, detracts from the attendee experience, and they don't come back. So absolutely. Um, so there's that, and then and then we want to have enough other activities for the people, so that they're not just. I know the artists might not think this is right, but they're not just walking around looking at the artists. They have good food experience. They have good kids' activity experience. They have. We have a big high school show. Um, they have a good experience there. They've had a good parking experience. They're easy to find parking lots. Um, they have a good experience. People greet them at the gate. So maybe we don't have a paved gate, but at the, our entrance areas. So everything about being there is feels good. And and then people come back because it felt good to go there. There wasn't a hassle with parking or not a port or, you know, whatever that made it unpleasant. I, I think those things are important, and they are... But I want to tell you the thing that I, when I did this survey in the last couple of years, the main, and the people who are going to take the time to fill out this survey, it's long, 24 pages or so. Oh, my God. It's it's stunningly long. They, over 50% of the reasons why they're there is the quality of the art. They don't care about Mm -hmm. anything else. They want quality art they want to have. If the other things are there, good and fine, but that is number one, and you all know that. So today we're really, mm-hmm. I guess, we're to- going to talk about what else What else can we do besides bringing, having a great jury, bringing interesting work to the show, and hopefully these people are going to buy. So how do you, how you're going to make it wonderful for them? Jenny, give me some ideas. Well, I think it's really important to listen to the audience. Uh, doing an annual survey um, is has been very helpful to us. It's really important to keep it very simple um, and clear and easy to answer. And uh, through that, we've been able to, you know, clean up some of the things that we thought we were doing right. Um, and uh, and it's you know it's a shame that we have to wait 365 days till the next festival, but. Uh, to fix it, but anyway, um, I think it's really important to provide clean, safe, and upbeat environment, um, have everybody hopefully in a good mood, um, have clear instructions in all your, uh, vol- for all your volunteers and uh, communication plan uh, in place. Um, I think it's really important um, to have a great party. Um, a lot of uh, patrons love our party. I know the artists love our party. Um, it's a real, it's a great way for the community to get to know the artists in a different environment. Nobody's selling anything. Everybody's there for our cause. Um, it's well, a tell me a little more about the party. Tell me a little more about that. Um, we call it the 60-second Art Dash Party, and uh, it's designed where an artist makes a donation of a piece of value over $150, and um, the patron buys a ticket to participate. It's similar to a raffle, um, but it's a guarantee. They're going to walk out with a piece of art. And uh, so it's like a, a light cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. Um, the guests pay to get in. The artist gets to come in free with a guest with their donation, and we have it set up in a section of the ballroom, and um, we have uh, a little bit of a ceremony, and um, we do a small silent auction with our best of show art uh, winners from the year before and their donations, so we do a bid board on that. And, um, of course, all of these proceeds go to our student scholarship program. And um, 
And then in the middle of the show, in the middle of the party, we begin the art dash, and it's very exciting. We auction off the first ticket, and uh, last year we had 147 pieces donated. So the patrons during the whole first part of the party get to see all the art and meet the artists. And uh, then we close everything down, and the first person who won the ticket gets 60 seconds to run into that space and pick their piece of art. And then we call uh, the next five names. They're all pulled out of a drum, and people line up, and they each get 60 seconds to run into the space. And we let five in at a time. And we haven't had anybody kill anybody yet, but um, (laughs) it's very exciting. People really anticipate that event. And um, Great fundraiser. Do you have it before the show starts? Well, so one of the things we listen to our audience uh, Saturday uh, in 2014 and 13 was outrageously crowded in our venue. We are long and linear, and so um, we answered that by adding a third day. So normally we kicked it off Friday night with that party, um, but this year we added Friday and began our day at 11 o'clock in the morning so uh, we, because of other events happening, we went ahead and just held it Friday night. We didn't call it a kickoff. We just called it our, it was our 10th anniversary. So we called it our 10th anniversary party. And it was actually really wonderful because the artists were more relaxed. They hadn't been setting up all day. They were, you know, ready right. to, to, to party and have a good time. So, um, so, so, the, so the patrons, so these are all people. Who are these people who are at this party? Uh, we advertise it to the public. And um, mainly uh, people who have uh, who are who are they're art buyers. They're interested art buyers. Mm-hmm. They're community leaders. They're our sponsors. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, have uh, 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 our board and their friends, and so it's about 600 people attend, including the artists. Okay, great, Sharon. I know you have a you have a prelim party too, don't you? We do. We have a party Friday night. Um, it's a VIP experience, and it's for our um, sponsors and it's for the people who who purchase VIP tickets. Um, it's just a big cocktail party, uh, and currently artists don't come to it. I mean, they could if they bought a ticket, but um, cool idea with the uh, the Art Bash party. I might yeah. have to call you back about that. Absolutely, uh, Sharon. So the other thing that I wanted to mention about um, what we do to make it comfortable for our buyers is we really ask the artists to participate with us. Um, This is a 50-50 deal. We're doing our part. We're busting our butts all year to make make this festival the best it can be for our patrons and for the artists. And so we ask them to participate by sending out e-postcards, reaching out to their uh, their public and um, using our tools that we give them, the resources we have on our website. So each of our artists have their own personal web page on our website. They get to put in their bio. We show our patrons where they're located. So we really try to push our patrons through our Facebook, which Cynthia Reed, our, our um, artist management does a fabulous job of promoting all our artists. And, of course, the artists that make those donations to the Art Dash get extra, you know, special treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you, we, we want them to use these tools, share the page, help us bring patrons to the festival. The more they interact, the more they, you know, uh, promote it, we're, we're all, it's a win-win for everybody. That's that's, so, um, that's my point here, right? There are three three parties involved in these events, and each one, if we make each one happy, the others are going to be happy, right? Absolutely. Sharon, tell me, yeah. Sharon, tell me a little more about your uh, your VIP program. Um, it's targeted at at the higher level income person um, who who actually wants a little bit different experience, where they have reserved parking, they have a great tent for lunch on both Saturday and Sunday. They have uh, restroom trailers um, and that kind of access. They had a party on Friday night. So it's really targeted at them just so they have more relationship with the art festival. It's, it's a, a fundraising activity for us. But it's really it's really a party. It's really a party for our sponsors and thanking them for their, their support. Um, and those tend to be great buyers, you know, because that, they wouldn't be supporting the art festival if they weren't great buyers. So uh, it's just largely our way of thanking our sponsors. 
And right. we've and been talking about things to add to that. Do, and do you make it better, more attractive every year? Oh, the, the idea, of course. Of course. It's more attractive. We're adding a lot of things to it this year. Uh, we were able to move our, our location for it, so we've been able to really enhance that this year. Um, we're going to add a lot more food experience to it. Um, and I think that that is a great thing. We put, you know, we put emphasis on that, but but really, you know, that's 400, 500 people. There's 85,000 more of them out in the street. So mm-hmm. it's really to us important to make all those people having a great experience. Um, mm-hmm. And the artists are key to that. You know, one of the things I would have said about about the the attendee experience is not just is the artwork great, but the interaction with the artist is great. You know, we we talk to them quite a bit when they're not being engaging, the artists, you know, because <laughs> the attendees need to have a great experience with the artists, not just look at their work, you know. Um, sometimes that's uh, more successful than others, but uh, they, they have to do their they have to do their part, you know, sending out the e cards in, in the mm-hmm. beginning, participating with their Facebook pages, you know, because they, if, if they all did. E postcard blasts, and they all did Facebook promotion of the events they're going to, combined with the promotion we do. I mean, that is really, really powerful. Mhm. Um, so. I thought I knew all the social media stuff, but I don't know what is uh, what is an e postcard, Sharon. Uh, we we provide them. It, it's um, it's like your newsletter. It's it's a it's a JPEG that is just uh, in our case a picture of the artist's work, their name, booth number. And where they're from, it's just a JPEG, and that they can send it through Constant Contact or Mailchimp or whatever they're using to their oh, to their database. They can use with their own mailing list, right? Right. They buy they, it. right. Yeah. I see. You you provide the graphics, and they send it out. Ah, very right. Good. We started okay. doing that. We started mm-hmm. doing that because I mean they they should be doing that on their own, <laughs> make their Tell own me. JPEG. I mean, you know, they have the artwork. <laughs> But if they don't, they can have fun from us. And, yeah, well, what, there's only so much we can do for those folks who are not involved in social media yet. We have to pray for them, I guess, for their next lives. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, what, uh, So you're right. You know, you know, I was focusing on the VIPs because I think about those people with the big bucks. But those are only a few, a tiny percentage of your attendees. So what right. are we going to do for, for the rest of folks who haven't done that buy-in like that? Jenny, what are you doing to make those people want to come back again next year and can't wait? Well, I think that, you know, offering a balanced experience with performing arts. Having, we have five stages. Uh, we um, have great food. We offer beer, craft beer. It You know, there's so many reasons why people go to festivals. Sometimes it's just to be outside. Sometimes it's to be around a lot of people, to listen to music, eat food, lots of different reasons. And so if we can touch on a little bit of all of that, hopefully we can satisfy everybody, <laughs> the impossible dream. But wow. um, Something for everyone uh, is not always going to be the answer, huh? No, and you can't – it's it's incredibly crazy to think that we can be the end-all experience we certainly want to accommodate and make people feel comfortable, safe, have the things that they need, um, the restrooms and the parking and the uh, and and also affordable art. I mean, yes, we've got mm-hmm. the best artists in the nation in our show, and sometimes it's not affordable, and we are catering to that small population um, that can afford it. But um, so we we really make an effort too to balance the show uh, uh, f- with the artists as well, and um, so hopefully people can find the small print or the things they can afford. We do encourage um, emerging artists. I think Sharon does too. I think I saw that on your site. Um, emerging artists come. So I think we have five to six booths of of uh, new artists that are uh, of definitely affordable. And, um, uh, you know, we're always reaching out and trying to find new uh, people to come because once they're here, they can't believe it, that it's been in their own backyard and they've never been here and how wonderful it is. So, um, 
you know, it's a it's a never-ending conundrum to find the perfect balance. But you know, if we could have perfect weather, um, I think we would oh, be have a short super season. happy. I like right. Well, I guess most most areas of the country is short season. The areas where there's longer seasons, the art fairs aren't as popular. <laughs> it's really it's pretty interesting. My kids live in California. There's not a hard. There are one or two art fairs in that whole state that you'd want to attend. The rest of them are mm-hmm. also ran. Yeah, because huh. Californians have so many more choices. So you both have seasonal destinations, and that really makes a difference. I I think so. We so here we are. We yeah. This this whole this whole thing about tourism. You hold your events when. Well, Sharon certainly does in, in the midst of all of that business. But I've got a, a few things that uh, people have told me from my survey, things that you guys can do. One that over and over again, better instructions for parking. People want to be there and they can't find it. Parking directions and arrange for good parking. I mean, that is always, that's, is, that a, is that a challenge in Fort Myers, Sharon? Well, sure, it's a challenge. Fort Myers is a city, and so we're a, we're an urban environment, and so you know, so we're certainly not an urban environment like a big northern city. But we have parking garages and street parking and and trolleys and that kind of stuff because we're an urban area. So um, yeah, it's challenging. But we have a very, as the art festival, a very aggressive parking plan and trolley plan and transportation plan. It gets better every year, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's always a challenge to be sure everything is really up and that, that parking is going as well as it can. Um, but that's going to be a challenge for anybody who's not out in the middle of a, a field somewhere with, you know, grass lots around them. Um, so that's part of your job. It's part of your job. Yeah, parking's part <laughs> of the job, and so it's uh, it's very important. And that's what I mean about the experience. So today, people in all ways. It's an experienced world. You know, people are, have heightened expectations of what mm-hmm. their experience is going to be with everything. Because of being able to watch things on TV, for example, like Dancing with the Stars and other reality shows, they have expectations. You know, America's Got Talent. Um, they expect that kind of entertainment and don't think about what the budget is for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Or they expect Disney World or Disney World uh, parking experiences. So that's the world we live in. And so I think events have to do everything they can to keep reaching that that experience and think about the fact that it's all about the experience. It's not an event. It's an experience. And that starts when they're driving into town and, and where the parking is and ends when they're driving out of town. I mean, and then everything in between. So... Um, it's, it's a community. That's why event directors do it all year. Right. It's a community. It's a community effort. It's not mm-hmm. just your event. It's the community. It's the drive-in. It's the the way they're greeted. It's the way um, uh, the the of um, the uh, the show and the community. It's, well, I noticed that you have a hospitality background, and that's what I always said when I was running shows. This is not an event. This is a this is a business. This is an hospitality right. business, right? Yep. Yep. Yes. In the event the hospitality right. business, they call it guest first. Right? That's I, I exactly right. Probably call it in other places too. Right. Well, we we say our guests are the artists first, and that's how we've become. What I, it's the reason why we are successful is because we have put the artists first. Mm-hmm. The guests have been coming along. You know, we've been really working on that. Our sponsors, we've been really working on and modeling it off of how we've handled our artists and how we've treated our artists. And um, so, you know, thank goodness we get to do it every year um, and bring it back and make it better and uh, focus on the experience. But I really, truly think if we maintain our heart and efforts in the way we treat the artists, everything else will fall into place. Okay. Um, well, let's. I know Sharon has a big budget meeting that she's going to have to leave us a little early. So, Sharon, I'd like like you to give me like five tips that you can share to get people 
to come to your show and have a memorable experience? Or what are you working on this year? Um, parking, always. <laughs> um, access, you know, traffic control downtown. Um, but we're also working on um, on-site signing, uh, directional signing. Uh, actually, in every area of the festival, we're working on what is the what is the expectation enhancement? Or, I'm sorry, the experience enhance experience enhancement for that area. So, I think that that it's go back and look at your festival. What are what are the sections of it, and what's the experiential items there? So that that experience is good for people. And you know, that's everything from from are the trash cans close enough to the food table so people can throw away their trays. I mean, it's it gets down to that that level. Um, because those are the things people remember. They remember that they they might love the artist. They might have thought the artwork was all wonderful, but they couldn't find a place to put the trash. And then it's like everything else didn't count anymore. So um, it's just we're looking and looking at it as an experience. Um, and then in the marketing, um, you know, make sure that the marketing is going well. Uh, and then deliver on what you marketed. If you marketed that you had great artists, um, people who, artists who aren't seen elsewhere and things like that, then you have to deliver that. And Florida, I know by Texas, Florida has um, an overabundance of art shows. And uh, so part of our, distingu- our distinguishedness is that we have many artists who are not in the others. Um, and they're special mm-hmm. to us. And you have a complete experience there. You're not just walking around some white tents without an experience to go with it. Because then that becomes ho-hum. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I've I've got a couple of things that I got off of my survey, and here's a couple of my favorites, and they kind of go along with this. One of them, this person said, it's going to be a long day. Legs and feet get tired. If parking is far out, arrange for a trolley or a bus at nominal fee so I don't have to walk a mile, half mile or more before and after. So it sounds like you definitely agree. And here's another one, sort of you talked about. Arrange for some sort of waiting area or seating area near the eating and restroom areas with an antibacterial or hand-washing station. These people are getting very specific. Mark some restrooms for women only, please, with a hook to hang your purse or bags on. I think that person had some problems someplace. And this is a great one. And I wonder if either of you guys have uh, incorporated this because we did it at a show I did. If it's a large show, offer golf carts to take you to pick up packages from various vendors before you go home because it's too big or too heavy to carry through the show and you're exhausted. Have you tried a package pickup thing, Sharon? Um, we have we have not done that. Um, we've been asked about that several times. Um, you know, it, it's challenging. It's so easy to say. But then you have liability issues here. You know, if, if the artwork is dropped off at a package pickup and it's going to be picked up by the person later, in the time that's in possession of the package pickup, who's who's responsible for that work? We would much prefer that it go directly from the artist's hands to the to the patron's buyer's car um, and provide a place for the cars to pull up to pick it up and meet the meet the artist to deliver it. Okay. Um, so do you? Okay. So that would be. Do you have a place? Where they can pick we access. Have, we have access points where they can get in and pull over and 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 pick it up from the artist, and they call each other on their cell phones. You know that's that's uh, that's quite doable. When you start getting into storing the work for them, like a like a will call setup, you start getting some liability things. And it's the same way. It's the same way with golf cart transportation. You know, our our insurance company would probably have our heads if we uh, provided golf cart transportation for people. Oh, okay. All right. Jenny, what do you, what about that? Well, um we do have women only restrooms. Excited to say mm. that. Um we yeah. are a linear show with a big park in the middle of it. And so uh parking is all over the place. So we have um provided our guests with five gates to enter into the festival. We designate one of our main gates as our will call pickup, so anybody needing tickets. And we have a police officer at every gate. Um, at this gate, at the will call gate, we also include our patron pickup. And so we have a chit that the we give to the artists in their packets. And if somebody wants to buy a big piece, 
um, on the chit, we basically have a disclaimer saying we're not responsible, but, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to use this service, um, our artist relations team has a couple of guys that go on a golf cart. We get the chit from the the um, artist, and we go pick up the art and take it to the will call. And we have a cage set up that the cop is in charge of. Mm-hmm. So we put him, we give him a little bit of a job. And so uh, the patron drives up with their car, and the chit is matched with the art. Mm-hmm. And that's how we handle patron pickup. That sounds like a really, a really good plan. Okay, so so both of you have addressed this because I certainly people do complain about you know not being able to carry everything all the way and I know artists work with them on that and uh mm-hmm. look, but if you've got a plan in place that the art that the patrons know about that makes it even easier for them. We want it to be easy, right? I mean, geez. right. And and as long as the artists know that it's available, then the patron will know because you can't the patrons don't have a clue. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. So that's that's that. So, um Sharon, do you before you go, do you have anything else you really want to tell us about the memorable experiences we're going to have at Art Fest Fort Myers? I think we pretty well covered those. You know, our biggest our biggest memorable thing is a great artist. So, you know, it's easy to overlook that. But it's really them. We're we're right our deadline is Monday and uh the artwork coming in is, is fabulous, so um, we're excited to, to get to jury. Well, and that is over and over again on my survey, people would say, jury for quality, keep the bar high, keep yep. the diversity going, yep. over and over. Good images, good maps, I mean, you know, do not allow buy, sell, limit the number, bring more diversity, charge higher admission fee to attract serious art collectors. I'm, I'm you know, I'm like they're... Calling the people who filled out my survey really want good art fairs, and uh, that's that's what it, it's really. The art is well, you know, we have to have buyers. We're all important. Just imagine that you're you're so important, Sharon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank thank you for your time, and I want you uh, tell tell the listeners where you're uh, what you're on your way to do. Oh, I'm on my way to the city council budget hearing for. Uh, for the upcoming year's budget, and uh, it's always, uh, like everybody, right, the challenge to maintain funding. And so uh, it's an important meeting for us to make sure that uh, nothing disappears out of the budget that's currently there. So, so does, to be there to do that. What does the city provide for you? Uh, they have event grants uh, for us, which uh, they're not cash, but they're as good as cash. They offset our um, production costs that we have to pay the city police bills and park cleanup bills and that sort of thing. So they do that for various events. And you know, every year it's a, uh, a challenge to be sure that the event grant money stays in the budget. So we're uh, we're doing our part to help sure, make sure that that happens. Well, good luck. I'm sure you've got a good relationship with the city of Fort Myers. This is a really a city-wide event, isn't it? With your it board. is. It's a Southwest Florida-wide event. But, yeah, the city is extremely supportive of us and, and has always been, as is our county and our visitor and convention. Program. So um, those are important relationships to have and uh, helps it be possible to put on a good experience for the attendee when you have support from your from your municipalities. You have a great website. It's full, always full of interesting information. I know your deadline for your show is coming up the 14th. Monday. So, yeah, Monday. Monday. So yep. um, yeah, we're starting to pour in applications. It's that time, right? Just when you think no one's going to apply, then then the gates flood open. And Sharon, have you been to any good art fairs lately besides your own? Um, when I go to the show, you know, I always go to Cherry Creek. Cherry Creek's my favorite art festival in the country. Um, but that's what I went to this year. So I am going to get out some more next year and uh, get out of town because we love to go see uh, other people, and we always have an invitation open to the uh, other art festivals in the country to come down and visit us. And usually every year we have two or three directors and they know the right people. They get VIP tickets and free hotel rooms and stuff <laughs> like that. So uh, we have a fine time. Well, thank you. Good luck. Good, go go get that Thank budget. you. Nice okay. to meet you, Jenny. Nice to meet you, Sharon. I look forward to talking to you again. I'll be calling you about this art dash. Sure thing. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, so so Jenny, it's it's kind of fun, isn't it? Such two different, very quite quite different events, and uh, different kind of audience. And yours is gated, and hers isn't. So 
one of the exciting things, of course, about art fairs and why people go to them all over the place as tourists because they're all so different. So what what do you think here? Um, what um, what do you do special for artists What to help them make it memorable besides the e-blast cards? I love that. Um, well, the Art Dash Party, um, I would say, would be the number one thing. We do, bre- we do provide them with breakfast. Um, uh, we have an, the, I would say, top-in-the-country volunteer artist relations force. Um, they're an army, <laughs> and they love our artists, and um, I think that uh, them, the ones that get to come back year after year uh, feel like they come home. We have several artists that rent homes in the woodlands for the month, um, when they come, and uh, it's a, I think it's an experience for them too. It's not just for our patrons; they have their own experience. And I really appreciate the artists that care about our community and care about what we do and our art efforts in uh, education and and uh, our, all our special needs and the partnerships we have. And I, I really appreciate the artists that talk to our patrons and um, well, tell them yep. how we treat them. And Build because Building those relationships. It's, it's the most number one important thing is uh, it's all about the relationships. And that's where right. sales begin. And um, it's really exciting for me to run into somebody at the grocery store who says, you know, <laughs> I just spent all my life savings at your festival. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful! <laughs> and um, you know, and 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 or people calling three or four months after the show, and I can't remember this artist, and they make you know, kind of draw in the air what they saw, and I get on's application and find the artist and send them to our web page where you know we've got that individual page for the artists, and I'm excited because there's ha- things happening beyond the festival, right? Um, Jean, um, Sharon has Sharon has a, a assistant. I am going to get the title wrong, but Jean Seahaver told me once that putting on an art festival is like being pregnant uh, for nine months, and then you have the fe- baby, and then you have postpartum depression. It's so hard afterwards. Well, here's so my fun. here's. Here's my mm-hmm. rendition. And when somebody says, "What do you do?" I say, "Well, I put on an arts festival." And they go, "Oh, okay." And I said, "Well." kind of like putting on a a wedding for 200 brides. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to I have to make sure that the 18,000 people that are coming have food, water, a place to park and a place to use the restroom and sit down. <laughs> and that they want to come back again. So have and you that they have you to come back. any um things that you've tried to do that didn't work out for you? Well, um, our venue's the challenge. Um, I really, really envy people who have city blocks and or a big square piece of grass. <laughs> uh, we have a waterway, so we're working with one section, one side of the waterway sidewalk, and then a park that's in the middle of it. And um, getting people to go through the whole thing, it's approximately a mile and a quarter long. And so, um, you know, people get tired, so we make sure we have little activities that happen along the way so it's the art is broken up and um well that's and, another uh, so, thing on my survey it said benches 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 right no uh, places right that part too. shade do you have artists on both sides no or we just, just have side. artists along one side along it's one side the, oh, right. the, yeah so um you know security uh lots of logistical um and expense goes into having such a long venue but um, it's uh, uh, it's our biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, the yeah, the actual land. Well, I've I've worked on shows in crowded city streets, and it doesn't get a lot easier. But well, I don't think so. yeah. But yeah, we've yeah, all got but our, you know. <laughs> but so we've we've experimented with a few things. We've, we when we began every all the artists. Um, you know, the park didn't work and we had a lot of complaints from the artists that they weren't selling well. And, you know, so we revamped our surveys and we really wanted to understand um, where the artists were selling the most. And uh, I had done a little bit of uh, conversation with different people about 
uh, audience, you know, making people move through crowds, what's the best way? And really actually studying grocery stores is the place to go. Um, uh, we designed the park to be not row after row, but a windy, snaky kind of uh, pathway. And uh, the year we did that, the sales almost doubled in the park. Huh. So for us, that was, you know, we had a problem and we addressed it and fixed it. Um, we definitely are trying to listen to both our patrons and our artists to make everybody successful. So, um, you know, and we've everybody, you know, you make mistakes along the way. It's really important to make sure all your volunteers are knowledgeable in making those efforts and uh, uh, communication and making sure the security is, is what it needs to be. Um, uh -huh. I, you know, Doing things wrong, I would say you're not doing things right if you're not planning and planning at least 365 days <laughs> and planning. And list, and list. Yes. A, veteran, a veteran show director said that that's what she wanted to talk about the most. I, in my survey, I, one of the questions I asked people was, are there shows you used to go to anymore and you don't and why not? And they said things like, because the art isn't as good as it used to be. Because it's the same artist over and over. It's too crowded. The art has been crowded out by all the other event activities. These are reasons people don't come in. Those are really mm -hmm. good reasons mm -hmm. not to come. So it sounds right. like you are addressing all of those things. The, the quality and the outreach to the artist is really important. And right. so it's, that you yeah. have something to show. for. So you have a beautiful show, right? Artists, artists complain about, you know, um, booth shots. Why do I have to show a booth shot? You know, part, and I keep saying it's so the shows know they're getting what they're going to get when you get there. That's right. Well, we, you know, we were challenged um, because we had been, um, the art, the, uh, in the past we had had, you know, the artists wanting the same booth space. Um, mm -hmm. Pretty much a lot of, of the artists were coming back and wanting the same space. And so I kind of put my foot down with Cynthia, and I said, look, we will put them in the same vicinity, but not in the same space, because truly we want everybody to have a new experience. And it's interesting because people will come year after year and say, oh, it's just getting bigger and bigger. And oh. no, it's not getting bigger and bigger. It just looks different, and it's just a feeling. And, and it's more, um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the artists for understanding because it's it was really hard to help them understand that if a patron wants to find you, they're going to find you no matter where you are in the festival. Um, well, that's a tricky one, Jenny. I, I'm surprised you've been able to make that one stick. Good, good job. <laughs> so, do you have? We've got just like a minute left here. Do you have some particular tips that you'd like to share? Um, well, first, for any artists, we are uh, certainly uh, welcoming your application up till October the 15th. So I just want to get that in. Um, yes. I just think that it's really important to listen to the audience, the artists, the patrons, your board, your community. Keep your surveys really simple. Um, provide a clean, safe, upbeat environment and invite the best artists you can. And uh, have a great party. <laughs> Sounds like having a great party. And do you visit some other shows, don't you? I do. I have been to um, pretty much uh, all the the Texas shows um, and Cherry Creek, like Sharon, and uh, I got to go to Art in the Pearl last year with the Zap Conference, and this year I go to the Zap Conference and get to see Plaza, the Plaza show. So I'm excited about yeah. that because yeah, we're going um, to have to go. I, we, I, the Plaza is a great show, and it was a pleasure meeting you in Portland, Art in the Pearl. So anyway, yes, folks, this is it. I've been talking to Jenny Wright from the Woodlands Waterway Festival in Texas. Their deadline is coming up in October. And Sharon McAllister from ArtFest Fort Myers. And their deadline is September 14th. But whatever, I hope show directors picked up a lot of tips from these people today. We'll be posting info from this broadcast at artfairinsiders.com. And we welcome your comments there. You can download this free podcast at iTunes in the podcast section and subscribe to it there also. If you review it while you're there, you'd be contributing to our, our mission, which is supporting the success of the nation's art artists. Till the next time, 
Visit ourfairinsiders.com. Tell your friends about us. Like us on Facebook. Go out, create, and make money. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Connie.